Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Sometimes when accounting sit behind computer screen, you don't understand exactly what, uh, what is the day-to-day activities of the salespeople, how, uh, what are their key challenges, what are the uh, day-to-day activities. So when I had that uh, opportunity to see the day-to-day activities of the salespeople, I understood how, what are their challenges, what are the opportunities. Today I'm talking with Mohamed El Ruby, and what's special about Mohamed is that he's been a fantastic speaker, writer, contributor of ideas and resources to our profession, and he's also our first guest mentor from the Middle East. So really delighted to share this interview with you from a recognised thought leader, and Mohamed recounts his career spanning, his time in pharmaceuticals, FMCG companies across Middle East, Africa, India, Turkey, and Southeast Asia. Now, what I'm most interested in talking to him about is his formula for successful transformation of finance from uh, controllership uh, to business partnering using practical steps and advice of what works and what doesn't work. So in this podcast, we're also going to talk about you know, being new to a company, spotting problems and partnering for opportunities by building relationships, conducting one-on-one meetings, consulting with staff and other departments, and also soliciting feedback to properly assess expectations. We also discuss setting the right direction for finance to move from a controlling department to business partnering and also some quick win solutions that come from understanding the business first. So I hope you really enjoy this interview. It was great catching up with Mohammed. If you do remember to let your friends and colleagues know about it, we're on all the major platforms. They can subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And of course, the detailed timestamp show notes, ways to connect and other recommended resources can be found at sitnshow.com. So look, that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Mohammed and the show. So Mohammed, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Andrew, for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be part of your conversation today. And it will be also my great pleasure to share my experience with our finance community. Thank you very much. Mohammed, I think that's something since we've sort of known each other and connected a number of years ago, that's one thing that definitely shines through is just your 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 ability to share such great ideas, resources and experiences. And, and you know, I can't believe it's been so long to uh, to take to get you on the show. And, and that's my fault. But uh, I'm delighted to to share you with our audience today. But before we go into sort of some deeper conversations around what you've been leading and and doing would you mind maybe sharing a brief story of your career so far and your journey in accounting and finance yeah sure uh, i'm a finance business partner and fpnd expert with more than 18 years of experience in global pharmaceutical uh, and fmcg companies uh, as uh, jnj novartis alargan takeda and energizer i handled multiple international senior finance roles across middle east africa india turkey and southwest asia also i'm a finance speaker i have been invited for uh, many webinars and uh, many conferences in london and uh, dubai also i'm interested in writing articles about finance business partnering and the fpnda on linkedin and the fpnda groups uh, regarding my education i'm a qualified team from uk and also i'm certified fpnda from us and I have MBA as well in finance and in business. That's uh, all about my introduction. 
I think you've done an amazing job just encapsulating that in the space of say sixty seconds. I think there's definitely a lot more than you than you sort of done. You've probably not given yourself credit for there, Mohammed. Uh, but I suppose in terms of the experiences with the brands, in terms of the speaking and all the articles you've written, are there any particular moments that stand out to you as quite memorable and that helped uh, grow you in your career? Yeah, actually, uh, my great career journey uh, when I was working uh, in Energizer. Energizer, as you know, is a global pharmaceutical, uh, global FMCG company specialized in household mm-hmm. products, uh, uh, batteries, and the flashlights. And in, at Energizer, it was a great uh, experience uh, because I had to practice uh, the finance business partnering uh, area. I'm proud to be part of the transformation from uh, controlling to finance business partnering. And I would like to share with you my uh, experience during that journey at Energizer. So uh, let me... Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so let me give you background about the situation at company at that time and the uh, transformation journey. When I took over the head of finance for, uh, for uh, Egypt and North Africa at uh, Energizer, the finance department was providing an accurate financial statement. All controls were in place, all reconciliations were done properly, working capital was managed very well, management reports, budgeting, forecasting were submitted on time to the regional office. So from the beginning and as initial idea, anyone will say that fantastic and that's a strong finance department. But if we go deeply in the situation at the company at that time, we are missing, we was missing a big part uh, as a finance business partner. What I discovered away from being a, a controlling department, finance was not giving proper support to business, minimal finance involvement in. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Mohammed, how did you, how did you come across that? How, how did you identify that? I mean, did someone come and say it to you or did you just spot it or, or did you, did you go looking for it? I mean, how did you find that out? Yeah, actually, when I joined the, the company, I started as usual because when I joined any new company, I have to start number one to build relationships with the stakeholders and to understand the current mm. situation. Mm-hmm. And I have to listen very well to my stakeholders. I conducted a one-to-one meetings with all the stakeholders and also I not only the, my peers or my direct reports or uh, my top management, I dig deep and deep with all levels in the organization, with the sales reps, with the commercial team, with the marketing, supply chain, regulatory. So I had discussion wow. with everyone in the organization. And also, I asked each one to tell me their perception and their their feedback about finance department. What kind of support they think? Yeah, actually, it was very. Good. What, 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 what sort of things were they saying? <laughs> yeah, based on that, their feedback, I found a lot of uh, gap uh, from business support uh, area. Uh, Andrew, for example, I, I found a lack of proper support to business. Uh, finance was not in, involved in many decision making and in many strategic meetings. Finance was working in isolated area. If they was providing reports without insights, there was a weak relationship between finance and other functions. Uh, finance has no seat in the most of the strategic meetings, lack of detailed and meaningful analytics. And also there was many sources of information from different functions provided to the senior management. So the senior management had no one set of management reporting deck or one source of truth to be provided to the senior management. That was the situation. So the company is very strong in controlling, but if you look at the other side of finance, that was the situation at that time. So, you know, for most accounts, right, if finance were looking inwards at themselves, right, then they're probably thinking, hey, we're doing a great job. But but when you go and talk to people, to the perception, the stakeholders in the business, they're probably saying, well, 
finance could be doing better. So how where, where do you start with something like that? How do you get finance to see that, hey, we could be better and the business wants us to do more? Yeah, actually, after I run that deep discussion with all the stakeholders, with all the people inside the organizations, even the people outside the organization, like our distributors, our wholesalers and our retailers, I concluded what is missing from finance. And I realized that I have to make a big transformation from being a controlling department to be a true business partner. So I summarized my journey into five steps. The the first step, I said that building relationships, we cannot influence decision making or we cannot make anything before building relationships with our stakeholders and understand exactly their needs. So after conducting one-to-one meeting with all the stakeholders, uh, general managers, sales directors, key account managers, many, many uh, stakeholders, and I listened carefully to their expectations and I understood exactly their needs. For example, one of the key feedback from the sales director, he told me, I want every day to just by one click understand what is our sales performance. I need to understand on daily basis what's my performance. My dream is to get a daily feedback from the performance in our organization. So I asked them to share examples from history, uh, from their expectations as well. And, And after deep discussion, I started to think of two things, quick wins, to start to build credibility with them and yeah. short-term and long-term goals on how to add true value to the business. And that was my starting point. That's awesome, isn't it? Like I have to say, cannot uh, underestimate the importance of quick wins and then having a longer-term journey to, to back that up once you've got the quick wins, once you've established the credibility. That's um, that's very insightful, Mohammed. So, so how did you move forward from there then? I mean, what sort of what sort of things would you found for quick wins and perhaps long-term goals? Uh, that's why I moved to the second step, uh, Andrew, which is understanding the business and the organization. So I cannot design any insightful uh, reports or any uh, adding any value before understanding the business. So number one, I understood exactly their expectations and their feedback about finance. Then I moved to understanding the business and the organization. So I started to attend all possible business meetings. So I contributed to all business meetings, whatever related to finance or not. It gave me deep understanding of what's going on in the organization. I attending sales meetings, key accounts, negotiation meetings. I attend many meetings, whatever relevant to finance or not, to understand what is going on in the business. I had to speak to the business at all levels, sales directors, managers, sales reps, product managers, Inform and I conducted formal and informal meetings. Sometimes I, invite, I uh, had to invite some of them uh, outside office to have coffee or whatever. So um, yeah, that's really important. Good idea. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm glad you said it's important, but like you know, why should maybe some of our audience consider doing something like that? What would be the benefit of doing something like that? You know, the outside of business. Uh, hours type of thing. I believe building relationships would be better to have informal discussion with people outside of office pressure and outside of yeah. the formal meeting. So it gives me chance to speak to people f- uh, freely and also people to speak to me, you know, uh, outside of the formal uh, meeting. So it gives me a very good insights from uh, people. Also, the key golden advice I can give to everyone is making frequent field visit or market visit. You can't imagine the output of that. I conducted many market visits with, uh, with the sales reps, with the commercial uh, people. I had to meet distributors, uh, wholesalers, retailers, even met the merchandisers. Sometimes I helped the merchandisers to organize the planogram inside the hypermarket. So it gave me insightful, insightful 
understanding of the business and I had to speak to them and see their world, you know. Sometimes when accounting sit behind computer screen, you know, don't understand exactly what uh, what is the day-to-day -day activities of the salespeople, how, uh, what are their key challenges, what are the day-to-day -day activities. So when I had that uh, opportunity to see the day-to-day -day activities of the salespeople, I understood how, what are their challenges? What are the opportunities also they have? And they speak to retailers, wholesalers. So it gave me a lot of insights, uh, Andrea. So I was just wondering there, Mohammed, like how did um, how did sales and the customers, the wholesalers and all that respond to seeing a finance guy who they probably would expect it to just be sitting behind a desk, behind a screen, and um, being out there in front of them, uh, taking an interest in, in what they were doing? I mean, how, how were they to you? I mean, were they good about it or were they a bit... Well, this guy, what, what's he? What's his game? Yeah, actually, at the beginning, it was new for them. You know, it was their their first time <laughs> finance. You know, having uh, driving the van with them and uh, you know uh, visiting the wholesalers, uh, listening to customers. The, uh, at the beginning, it was some something new for them. But the key the key advice, uh, Andrew, is to be humble with the commercial team. Speak their language. Be humble, not work like controllers or taking notes or being like a, a policeman inside the organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we can be a bit like that, can't we? <laughs> yes, exactly. People feel that you are helping them, humble with them, speak their language. One of the key also points I'd like to share with you, uh, when I had the market visit with one of the sales managers, he told me that the open purchase clause is uh, four. I don't understand that language. What, what do you mean by open clause purchase four? You know, I didn't get, do you know what does it mean by in, in their language? It doesn't mean that in our accounting or finance uh, terminology, this is the uh, months on hand or the, the uh, days in vent. So which form, but in their language, they said that open purchase clause is four, you know? They have their different language, you know? This, this is the field with, this is a field uh, language. So when I started about their language and being close to them and humble with them, I understand a lot and got a lot of insights from the, the market. So this is one of the key uh, areas that give me a lot of uh, business uh, acumen during uh, my journey. Yeah, and I suppose it makes it a bit more interesting. I mean, you must have felt quite good and they must have felt quite good that you actually had a common language and you could speak to each other uh, more, more effectively. Yes, yes. Actually, so I see some finance people until now when they spoke to people or business people and they told them, as per IFRS 16, we have to book a <laughs> People doesn't care about this kind of, you know, rules. No way. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes why you have drop of sale because of the accounting adjustment reversal, because of the months in the closing process. No one understands those language. Oh, great, great stuff, great stuff. And, and, and I suppose then, I mean, when you've done done that, I mean, what, what's the next step in your mind for us to take to help transform the business uh, towards being more business partners? The next step was uh, improve the reporting and performance management tools because the situation at that time that the senior leadership team getting a lot of information from different source of data and different source of, uh, from different functions, Sometimes you get in-market sales from supply from uh, supply chain team. Sometimes you get uh, data from sales team. Sometimes you get data from different functions. So there was no one source of truth for, to the senior um, management, and that's one of the key gap in the organization. In addition to that, after understanding the, the expectation from the stakeholders and understanding the business very well, uh, at that time I realized what exactly. What should I provide to our stakeholders? How can I develop a performance management tools after getting a deep business understanding and also after listening carefully to the stakeholders? I decided to uh, implement a new BI uh, tool to overcome that issues. 
because of the there was a difficulty to make quick business decision making no friendly user reports at that time no dashboard supports changes related to data accuracy many source of information as i said and also to help our commercial team to focus on uh, in-market activities instead of consuming time in generating reports and preparing reports to uh, make a decision. Also to help commercial team to prepare accurate forecasting using monthly and uh, annual uh, trends. So I decided uh, to create that BI tool after getting all the insights from business and from our stakeholders' uh, expectations. And you can't imagine, Andrew, the outcomes from that BI tool. It makes a big change in the organization. Commercial colleagues impressed about the new smart tool. It replaced all the current reports with one accurate source of information. Time saving many functions, sales, marketing, finance, even during the leadership team, uh, leadership meeting become very effective because we have one source of information, one uh, smart uh, tool. Also commercial colleagues had to focus on the in-market activities rather than spending too much time in preparing uh, like PNL by key accounts or preparing sales trends or whatever. We helped them a lot to get the right data in the right time and give us control on key account uh, business and for the top customers performance on daily basis it was interactive tool it refreshed on daily basis so we 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 could have a visibility on the top customers performance on daily basis which helped a lot Mm -hmm. our uh, commercial team i'm still remembering the our sales director when he told me my dream is by one click can get the information on daily basis on uh, my key accounts performance so his dream became a reality after the <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so he was very, very happy with you. I suppose like from multiple aspects, look, you're, you're giving him what he wants. You're giving his team back time, you know, rather than sort of time spent on, on reports or actually in market. And then also from a, a finance and a business perspective, it must be nice having more accurate forecasts. I mean, we, you know, I'm glad it worked out. I mean, were there sort of any particular major challenges that you had to overcome when when doing that i can just imagine like uh you know i mean obviously we want it to be straightforward and easy but but was there sort of any difficult challenges to overcome or or problems that came up when you were doing it yeah actually the challenges was is to, um, to unify all the source of data ensure all the data are accurate and also to design to design uh, reports that uh, help all the levels of the organization from different perspectives. So I made it interactive, user friendly. That was uh, one of the challenge of the previous report. So I made it very user friendly uh, tool. It gives daily performance update at country level, geographical level, customer product SQ level. So I made it very user friendly and interactive. Yeah. And it helped all levels of the organization at the same time. For sales people, they need too much data. Senior people need summary. It was very powerful tool. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I think, I think you touched on the key word there because um, I think this is perception of finance of being uh, police, policemen and women and and uh, sort of maybe uh, too, too much control, um, keeping data to ourselves, that type of thing. As opposed, and more like a cost center as well, an overhead uh, hassle. But, but when you're taking the user experience into account, because you said, sort of said user-friendly, I think that really changes the perception of what finance uh, can be or, or become more useful, right? Like like become that partner. I can see understanding the user experiences were being very important for that and, and giving people what they're, they're making their dreams a reality, as you said. Um, I suppose then once you've done that, where, where do you go next then, Mohammed? after that? What's sort of the next step after that? 
Yeah, actually, uh, just before moving to the final, uh, the next step, yeah. uh, I would like I, I run um, at that time uh, like a survey uh, to get the feedback from the oh, yeah. that yeah. new tool. And the managing director, for example, put a very good uh, feedback. He, he mentioned exactly, really, it's more than great tool, which makes my life easy. So the managing director said, oh. made my life easy. I can at any point of time know what's going on in my organization by just one click. <laughs> The sales director said, that's, that's, that's a magic. He just put one word, that's a magic, you know? I remember, I remember it. It's always nice. I actually, I remember once, they, uh, so you're Magic Muhammad, and uh, I remember someone once sort of used a similar name for our team as well. It's just, it's, it's nice. You know you're doing it right. And great point on the survey. I mean, I don't think we do that enough, Muhammad, you know, seeking feedback, good or bad or whatever. It helps us move forward and learn, right? It was a very big uh, transformation step uh, during uh, my journey at uh, Energizer. I see it was a very, very good uh, step. Then, uh, Andrew, I moved to the next step, which is the right time to uh, provide insights. At that time, I understood business very well. I understood the stakeholders' expectations, and I built the right platform to help us in decision-making. After the first three steps, it was the right time to provide insights and influencing decision-making. The great combination of understanding the business, having the right reporting tool, and having good relationships with the stakeholders helped us a lot in improving powerful insights. Finance team at that time started to add their management reports, proper business questions, write business story and message and appropriate and realistic actionable insights and action plans. And I see that it was a big change in the mindset and even in the reporting wave versus the historical practice. How do we change that mindset? I mean, was it was everyone able to do that or or did, did some people struggle more than others? I mean, what, what was that like? How did that look like or come about? Yeah, actually, also it, it took time to change the mindset. To time. Yeah, it took time to, uh, for our team to change the mindset from being a controller, just providing uh, PLs or the just uh, numbers without insights or very uh, simple comments. I ask them, we have to provide insights, not just uh, reports or comments or what happened versus budget. We have to uh, give our team proper insights, what, what's going on behind the numbers. And we have to ask the right business questions to, write, to get the right insights. Also, I tell them we have to deliver our numbers and tell the story behind numbers, not just uh, comments. We have to know how to present the, the story of the business. And also, we have to make it action, uh, actionable insights. If we have, for example, drop mm-hmm. sales, we have to know what, uh, what should be the action uh, point, what should be, be done better to improve the business. How can we overcome that? So it should, uh, any insight should be actionable, not just comment on what happened. So... That was the change in the mindset uh, with the team, and the team started to get it better. And after also getting a better business insight, and I encourage each one in my team member to have a market visit. I put it in their KPIs, at least <laughs> have to make three times a month uh, market visits, and you have to provide a report. And the report should in ah very good yeah yeah and uh, I asked yeah. for a detailed reports uh, how many um, stores did you visit what was your what, what was your observations and we had to discuss it with the commercial team to get their uh, also uh, comments and their feedback about our report so my team also once they understood the business they started also to uh, provide a very good uh, insights as well that's a really excellent suggestion I think. Um... I think a lot of I think a lot of these sort of FMCG type businesses or whatever they do, um, uh, mystery shoppers and things like that. Why not send the finance team out 
write a report and bounce it off the commercial team to see what they think. It That sounds like a really great suggestion, Mohammed, what you've just done. Yeah, very, very good suggestion. No, no, that's great. No, that's a, that's a fantastic one. And I think another important point that is, uh, like people think that sometimes when they send reports out or analysis and sort of say what's going on, they think that's insight, but really... It's not. It's not really insert unless there's some action or make, is making it actionable and and there's something attached to doing something with it. Otherwise, you're not really influencing anything or making an impact. So, I think that's another important point. But but how do you how do you how do you make the insights uh, you know actionable and make sure people follow through and make sure that that's effective what you're doing that you are providing actual insights. Yeah, what I learned in the beginning of my career is that my managers told me we have to challenge the business. We have to challenge even sometimes. In the job descriptions, they mentioned that we need someone to challenge the business. But after a few years of experience, I said no, and I learned we shouldn't challenge business. We have to coach the business, and that's a very important coach business. That's very important. We have to coach, not challenge, because our role is not to challenge the business. Our role is to coach them. We have to, to ask the right questions and to get the insights and the actions from them. So I encourage each one in the finance department not to challenge. We cannot say to them, why you have drop of sales? Why, 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 why is it not the right uh, way to ask the business? So we have to coach them. So we have to ask the right questions. How can we, uh, how, how can we do better? How can we improve that stuff? How can we uh, improve the pricing? How can we improve profitability? So once we have asked, once we ask the right questions, we can get the right actions from them and they will feel on, uh, ownership of that actions. Yes. Yeah, that's very, very. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah, exactly. Because if we, and sometimes also some finance people said that we change the business and we are sending them recommendation. That's not right. <laughs> recommendation. Yeah, yeah. We have to improve the close budget gap. We have to, you know, we cannot tell the people we have, you have to do that. We have to understand what's going on and let them think and be on the numbers. And that's what I learned from the beginning. And that's what I realized that was not right in the beginning of my career. Yeah, I, th- I think, I don't know, I've always wondered about this one, Mohammed. I think it probably comes back to our accounting roots where people just expect us to have all the answers and know what's going on and have the numbers accurate and all that sort of stuff. I think I think the way to really create value is, is to app more than sort of know the answers to questions is to ask maybe better questions so that we can draw it out of others who are going to be taking the actions. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still we're still in the back office support type function and to properly support people is to really draw the answers out of them so that they'll take ownership and act on them. I think that's a really key distinction you make and, and perhaps that's probably quite difficult for us given our history and expectation that perhaps we need to know all the answers. We don't, you know, we just need to be able to draw the answers out of the uh those driving our business forward right yeah right yeah and we have to get the actions from them not we cannot recommend that 100 yeah yeah that's true uh, and that's a really key insight so no no so so thanks thanks for sharing that Mohammed. and i suppose then when you're when you're packaging all of that together i mean what what does that look are we are we business partners yet or is there anything left that we have to do yeah and then the last step after providing the right insights giving people what they want not what we have to sell to them it we reach the last step which is gain the trust from business stakeholders and finance after implementing the previous transformation steps that i mentioned we got a permanent seat in all business decision making meetings finance became essential part of the s and op meeting 
and sales and marketing meeting, annual key uh, account contract renewal meetings, many other meetings. And can you imagine that they couldn't run the sales and marketing meeting without finance? And we was driving the sales and marketing meeting because we own the insights and we own the dashboards and all the business insights. And we, are, we was leading the sales and marketing meeting. Can you imagine finance moved from just not involved in meetings then to drive the key commercial meeting, which is a sales and marketing, uh, the monthly sales and marketing meeting. So I see it was a big achievement and finance learned to speak with business, their language, not the technical finance language. At the end, finance was able to influence decision making and become a true business partner in the organization. From, yeah, that's where you go from influence to impact. So, so what a, what a journey. What a journey, Mohammed. Before um, before we move on to, to anything else, I do want to sort of say is that look, I'm glad glad that is a really successful outcome. But like in hindsight, you got there. Would there, would there have been anything that you would have done differently, like to, to to either speed it up or would you sort of to to better better learn on that process? I mean, looking back on it now, would there would have been something you would have done differently? I guess getting the buy-in from the senior leadership uh, team in the beginning, it will help uh, also to accelerate mm. the process. So uh, that's very important also uh, point. And the second one definitely is developing the team and change the mindset of the team. It also would help them to move fast to the right directions and listen carefully to the stakeholders, understand exactly their needs. That's I, I believe that's uh, three most important advices to make things uh, better. No, no, they're great. Well, by the way, you know, you know, you mentioned that first one about the buy-in. I have to say, like, I that's the one I when I started on these sort of things, I actually, I actually didn't quite appreciate how important that was. It's like you think about it, you just don't really maybe recognize it at the time. So you're not alone. <laughs> I'm recommending that one probably first. So uh, that's three great bits of advice. Look, you know, I, you know, we were just talking earlier before the show, and I was sort of saying, you know, you're you're the first person we've actually had on the show from Egypt, and we actually quite a lot of listeners and audience in Egypt and within the Middle East and countries. I, I was just sort of wondering, like, um, you know, wor- working out in the Middle East, I mean, how do you feel finance is progressing? Are we are we sort of still in that um, sort of controllership mode in general? Are we are we in the transformation stage or are like or have we got some really good sort of business partners out there that we can draw strength from? Yeah, I can see we are in the middle of the transformation state. Uh, actually, in the Middle East, especially the global uh, and uh, big multinational companies already moved uh, from controlling the department to a finance business partner department. However, the mindset also still in the, let's say, the middle of the process because some companies still believe that finance are the controllers or people who are just safeguard of the company not a true business partners, but I can see many companies already improved a lot in this area. And I can see even in the organization structures, some companies separated completely the finance business partnering from FP&A, which is also very important step. In other companies, they are merging the finance business partnering and the FP&A as a one function. Other companies also, they are still having the mixed department, which has having management accountants and accounts payable receivables in the same function. So I can see the three stages at the same time in Middle East. But what I recommend in the future, definitely we have to separate FP&A from finance business partnering. Because finance business partnering should spend their time with the business people in business decision making, preparing business cases, scenario analysis. And FP&A should be more 
close to financial planning and the system and uh, system submissions and the budgeting and the planning. So that's my uh, view for for the future of finance business partnering in the Middle East. Yeah, no, no, appreciate you sharing that. Appreciate you sharing. As I said, we we have a lot of listeners, and I have a, a bit of a soft spot for our team out in Egypt as well. Uh, in Cairo, love love the place, and I love the work that um, that they're leading there. And uh, you know, it's just great to see even the sort of global companies that such great work and insight and and practices are being developed within the Middle East. And I think that's important on the show. We learn from everyone uh, globally. That's why it's a global show. So, so Mohammed, thank you for sharing your your transformation journey there. I I do want to fire at you some rapid uh, rapid questions. And 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 first off. You know, given given that advice you've been given, it's fantastic. What has been the best bit of advice you've ever received yourself? Uh, actually, the, the best advice I received uh, during my career, I received it from the VP. And he told us, we are as a VP or CEO or uh, general manager, we are super busy all the day. We have all, uh, our calendar is super busy all the day. So we need finance, not just to provide us like uh, dashboards or, or uh, management reports. We need finance to give us uh, early warning for any uh, opportunities or any risks. So finance, we ha- have to be proactive and giving early warning to the management. They, they, they cannot just send reports and uh, keep science. Yeah, they have to uh, you know, give an early warning to the management and uh, raising the flag uh, in, in the right time. Because those people are very busy. They cannot uh, analyze the business uh, on a daily basis or they cannot... Understand what's going on financially in the business, so they need someone to be proactive and guide them to the right direction and share scenario analysis and highlight any gaps with better solutions. That should be the best advice. Yeah. fine. Yeah, actually, that's a really, that's a really, that's a really good bit of advice. Actually, Mohammed, there was, I'm smiling and laughing because. I think I think there's a lot of us in, in sort of financiers assume that these guys because they're so busy they know what's going on and that that be an incorrect assumption they really do rely on us to to make sure there's what they they like to say no surprises and um, that we don't bring them problems that will increase their stress levels we rather bring them solutions on perhaps you know what they might be able to do and and draw that action out of them so, so really great advice there it's it's in terms of in terms of, uh, I suppose, resources, I mean, you share an awful lot. You you write, you go to conferences and so on. I mean, would there be any sort of books or documentaries or anything sort of resource-wise our audience uh, would benefit from checking out? For finance business partnering, I see uh, very good books. We usually capitalize on the insights from those books. Uh, one of them is uh, the finance business partnering by, uh, you know, uh, Anders, yes. I think uh, uh, institution. That's a very good book. Also, finance business partnering uh, by by you, Andrew. Could also is a very good book. It's also a very good book. I I have it. Yeah, and book, which is also I like, which is the compliance to commercial by Andrew Gibson. This is also a very practical book, and also shows the the journey of transforming also uh, finance from controlling to be a true business partner. The the quiet approach. Also, I like it very much. That's from finance business partnering uh, as a as a book from management or leadership. I, I like the book which is Home of My Cheese. I I like this book very much. Oh, it's a great one. Yeah, good call. I like this book very much because it encourages everyone to move out from the comfort zone and be <laughs> flexible and adaptable with the changes because accounting now should be adaptable and flexible with all of the changes and they have to move quickly from the, their comfort zone and from there also 
uh, mindset. And until now, for example, I see many uh, finance colleagues to me for coaching tips or advices. And they told me, I completed today my CME. What's the next step? Should I go for CME or CME? <laughs> the only thing that differentiates them in the market is the certificate, which is which yeah. the, the, the right case. Because as you know, that the future of finance now is more to social skills and uh, interpersonal skills and human skills. So I, I believe uh, this, definitely those certificates are very good and important. But well, I believe one or, or two is maximum, but we ha they have to spend time and uh, invest in their uh, human skills and the social skills. And that will be the future. The future is for the human interaction. Uh, yes, that's... Yeah, because te technology will take over everything else that, you know, there's the non-human element. So, you know, being more human is key, right? Um, interesting you recommended that book, though. I was um, I was just wondering, did, did you sort of see yourself in some of the um, the roles that the, the, the mice, what were they, Scratch, Sniff and Scurry or something like that? I can't remember their names exactly. But they were... Um, it was it was very well written though, wasn't it? In terms of forcing us to realize we actually have to go out and have to look for change. Yes, and we have to be adaptable and flexible with the changes. We cannot say no. We need to continue accounting uh, as we are uh, doing right now. We cannot uh, we cannot continue like that because we have to be flexible. Yeah, yeah, completely. And that's why that's why I think you mentioned that sort of social side of us, the human side, is is going to become more important. You know. Uh, less robotic more human that's i think that's that's a very good call out Mohammed. and i suppose you know should our audience wish to continue the conversation where's the best place to connect with you at the best play, uh, place to connect is uh, definitely linkedin i'm uh, linkedin and i believe i'm checking my linkedin accounts on a daily basis and yeah, i believe linkedin is the best place to share ideas and uh, ask questions and get business insights completely agree and, and again if, if if any of our audience aren't following you, you yet uh, they, they should definitely get following because again you, you're one of the top sharers out there Mohammed, and some fantastic insights ideas and i know you've got some conferences all coming up as well so so best of luck with those before before we, we let you go though, i just wondered, wondered you know would you have any maybe parting thoughts for our audience yeah, actually, what I would like to share with our finance and accounting community is we are, as a finance, we have to think differently and we have to look forward to the future. And we have to understand what's going on because there are a dramatic change in the technology evolution. And as you mentioned, Andrew, right now that everything now is moving to automation. And I, I'm still remembering uh, one picture. I, I saw that one CFO is standing and behind him all uh, robots. So that's what <laughs> that, uh, finance function, just one CFO and one finance business partner. And all that wow. are just machines or uh, robots. So we have wow. to be ready for that uh, movement and we have to improve a lot our interpersonal skills, especially building relationships, negotiation skills, storytelling, and uh, influencing skills. I believe those four skills are critical to the finance people for the future. Yeah, that's it. that's really well said. And I think it ties back in nicely because I think that's where we started the conversation, Mohammed, was really your, your sort of first step going out there and building relationships with the organization. And then look what that achieved, you know, and all the good things that came out of that. So, you know, thank you for showing us the way uh, on, the, on the show and investing your time with us today and coming on the show. You've been an awesome guest. Uh, thank you, Mohammed. Thank you very much, Andrew, and it was my pleasure. Thank you very much. So there you have it. 
Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 